welcome to another episode of Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. We are in a late night session tonight, it's just 11pm where we are for me and Andrew. But today we've got a wonderful guest, um, and we've got Miri Rodriguez, who works at Teams as a storyteller. What's the official title, Miri? That is the official title. I'm a, I'm a senior storyteller for Future of Work. That's a long title too. Amazing. Uh, if you could just come to come over to the house every every night at my house, tell my kids a couple of stories as well. I know that's not what you do. Uh, I'd be glad to. I don't think I need to tell you stories because you're ready to go to bed. It's so late this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, story time for you. <laughs> anyway, Andrew, how's it going today? Tonight. It's all good. Yeah, tonight. tonight. Yeah, so it's tonight for us. Yeah, uh, it's all good. So it's always good to get on there on here and record another episode. So, yeah, Mary, when us basically start off with um, your job title, which was quite long and basically what you actually do at Microsoft. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as I said to John, I, I'm a storyteller for future work. That's really fancy for just uh, talking about content strategy, building stories, and also um, creating capacity building to our, our engineers and our devs within Microsoft Digital. So they can also tell the Microsoft story, how we're digitally transforming, how we're uh, building the future of work, anything related to hybrid work, um, the ex employee experience, the the customer zero approach that we have in how we build our empathy and encode empathy into our into our technology and our resources and our and our um, services. So a lot to unpack in the space of telling the story in a way that both our technical audiences can see how we deploy, but also our regular audiences, all of Microsoft in general understands how, you know, the the human side of all of this and who's behind that, who's behind uh, all of the technology at Microsoft. Awesome. So where did, where did this start? Where did your career kind of start? Um, yeah. Yeah, so ideas. They start with ideas. Our, our, our team is called StoryCorps. We have uh, we have a uh, we have a team of storytellers that uh, we have an editorial process. And a lot of people within Microsoft Digital will come to us and say, "Hey, Miri, I have this great story. I have this tool that we created for Azure that we've been trying internally, and it turned out really good. We want to put it out there for other devs to see, and maybe even you know try it out in their own spaces." So there's anything from that to a Windows 11 event that we just covered. Uh, and then so we get together with the product teams, we talk about ideation, and then we align those stories to our themes. How, to, how does this apply in, in how we can find different angles within that story? So for example, Windows 11, we just went through that. We created a, a content suite uh, with along with the product team that involved interviews, how we deployed, uh, lessons learned, the employee experience. So we actually had a very human story about one of our empl employees that um, you know was in their country they had to they had to tend to their ill father so a very connected story around how this enabled him to stay connected at microsoft and, and you know and productive and engaged with uh with us in, in, in microsoft so what angles can we find and how we can uh submit them for for actual production and then then we have a production team we have you know a studio and we have different writers then we have social storytellers so everybody comes together and then you know we own we own pieces of it so all of us kind of grab and go it's safe to say I'm very confused. That's what I saw. Not <laughs> I did not do a good job to explain. <laughs> it's just a lot of writing and a lot of storytelling. How about that? A lot of telling yeah, stories. Yeah, I'll say, like, it's, it's not something that you know, I could personally do myself. So hats off to you because I wouldn't have an eye. I have a clue where to start and what to do. So 
Well, we actually help people like you. If you have something like even if even if you don't know where to start, if you say, hey, Miri, we're considering a story about this one thing, our team can help you just kind of navigate that ideation process where we can say, okay, what are, you know, what is your ultimate goal? What is the mission of that story? Who are you trying to talk to and why? Uh, what is the key takeaway? What do you want your audience to walk away with? Um, my process is, and you asked this, uh, John, to answer that question more succinctly. The process, the creative process starts with a mission. What is that story mission? And what is what are people going to feel when they connect to your story? So I'm very much about the feel of the story. And I unpack that and I help people unpack that on their own to be able to articulate how are their audiences are going to feel when they come in contact with that with that content. So so I mean, obviously you've been a marketer for nine years. <laughs> you look so confounded. You're just sleeping, you know. You're just on, you're just falling asleep. So this is like, why are we doing this right now? It's eleven o'clock your time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very interesting career because it's like it's not something that you know personally for myself that I'm ever gonna dive into or basically you know go out and start doing myself. Right. So it's, it's always interesting to obviously learn about the different parts of Microsoft because there's so yeah. many different spinning wheels and cogs that basically happen within the background because obviously mm -hmm. me and John are technical people, obviously is the, the technical side, but obviously okay. behind that is obviously the back office staff and all the other people that basically do different roles for Microsoft to make them as big and as powerful you know, as they are today. What I find amazing about it is like, I've never heard of like this job being a job before, like before we kind of like started speaking to you and stuff like that. And it really does show that Microsoft like literally think of everything. Yeah, like, I know. Unbelievable. Possibly need and they get in a expert storyteller. So a you wrote written a book about brand storytelling as well. Am I right? I did. I did. Yes. Yeah. That published last year. It did, right, That's right during COVID, you know, perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> so like they literally think of everything and the whole journey from like the production to the customer. And I think, yeah, you're obviously a, a massive cog in that wheel of being able to deliver the products to, to customers. So like, let's go back like through your career. Like let's yeah. start, like think like at the beginning of your career, kind of had, where did your career start when you left high school? Or, um, yeah. College? Yeah, you know, what's funny is that, of course, you know, that job didn't exist before, right? You don't go to school to be a storyteller. Um, actually, you do today. I, I hear there's actually my 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 book is being used for textbooks at school now, which is in incredible to think about that. They're actually teaching this uh, craft in school now uh, as part of uh, communications and marketing curriculums. Um, but, you know, I didn't go to school to be a storyteller. That was not even a job back then. And um, I, I actually wanted to be a jet fighter, uh, jet fighter pilot. So <laughs> but that didn't turn out. Uh, for different reasons. So I ended up going to school for communications. And when I came into Microsoft, I had done a, a few stints in different uh, tech organizations, uh, Motorola, Citrix, just kind of Microsoft partners, ended up at Microsoft. Um, and I started as a readiness partner for operations. And then I quickly moved over to social media. In social media, I found that there was a disparity at the brand level where our support channels, I was I was owning the support channels at the time. So if you tweeted at us and you know had to complain about a blue screen, my team was responding to you. So I was in charge of, of that team. And um, we were very formal in those channels. We were talking, dear sir, and thank Thank you and you know and then at the brand level the marketing level at the product product teams we're having so much fun and saying happy friday and having all these you know the fun with uh, customers and i'm thinking these are the same customers why are we talking differently you know this is disparity in the story that we're telling so we did a, a hackathon around storytelling and unifying the customer uh, voice 
And, and that was at the same time, it was almost serendipitous that, you know, Satya came in, he was already here, but he was talking about empathy. He was talking about his own journey and he was talking about stories. And there's actually, I think there's 4,000 storytellers now worldwide at Microsoft. Uh, there's actually a, a vacant slot in my team. So if anybody wants to apply to senior storyteller role, actually open in my team. So go look up what they're doing there. I'm safe to say that today. Let's <laughs> throw that right out there. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm amazing at reading the Gruffalo. I, <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my, 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 little, my daughter gets, gets make, makes my wife, my wife um, read it, and then the other night she heard me read it, she goes, I, I don't read that anywhere near as good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, you know, so there's, there's so many ways that we can unpack storytelling. And for me in my career, it just organically happened from being in social and then being in the right place at the right time. And then I applied and I honestly did not think I was going to get this role. Like, absolutely not. And then next thing I know, you know, I'm flying to Seattle and, and I'm doing this role within digital. I didn't think I was going to get it because I'm not, a, a you know, I'm not an engineer. I'm not, I'm not techie in that sense. I'm more on the support, um, you know, the support roles. But um, yeah. I was in and I was in it hard and I was failing for like three months because <laughs> I didn't know how to do it. Oh, you obviously, you've been doing failing. Role, what, obviously five not. years. Yeah. What's that? I'll say so you've been doing your role now for five years as a storyteller. Yeah, so about six years now. Yeah. Uh huh. So you are nowhere near um, a, a foul storyteller now. <laughs> <laughs> so then they. Like after a few months after failing, seriously, like I was like, I'm going to get fired. We're, they're going to send me back to Florida. I literally told my husband, do not unpack your bags because they're going to send us back anytime now. You know, and it's like, it's not happening. Um, but, you know, like anything you become, you, you it teaches you, right? I, so what happened in my space is like, I was trying to crack this, this code of understanding techs in their space and devs and engineers and how they consume content that makes them get excited right so i they don't want to hear from miri you know the marketer they don't want to hear like i'm not their expert so it was really this idea of empathy uh and i used um i was finishing my master's degree and i was uh finishing my you know my capstone project which was using design thinking for delivering a product. And I use stories as products. So I was able to map the five steps in design thinking. Uh, and so, and the stories became successful. You know, they began to land uh, with the audiences. And I thought, oh, this is, this is, there's something, I want something. And that's what, you know, people began to really think about. And that's where the book came out. I mean, next thing I know, I'm traveling the world talking about storytelling. And all of a sudden, I'm an expert. And I was like, two days ago, I was about to get fired. You know, how does this happen? <laughs> So one thing Microsoft are very good at is obviously creating a story around a product or a solution before they actually then tell you what the actual solution is. I mean, you see it ignite all the time where obviously Satya will go on stage and yeah. basically his whole long speech and then, okay, what, what's what's to talk about? Then you go, oh, it, it, we're launching this product. Like, okay, no, no, it makes sense. But you basically you know, told me about this thing for about 25 minutes and now you're actually getting the actual product name. Into the actual product, yes, yes. And we're doing more of that. I mean, definitely you see Panos doing that a lot when he talks about, um, you know, Windows and how he introduces the new features. And it's, so I think it's more of a, a new a new mechanism, a new strategy around how to best, in, you know, create that storyline and the narrative and then, then introduce, and don't get right to the point of like, here's our product and here's our features, but really get people excited and emotional about the story. You did put together the um, the ignite in 2020 when they all sat around the campfire doing the, the old like the mesh stuff, did you? No, 
<laughs> that was really <laughs> trippy. <laughs> oh, you guys, you just that you are you what do you have what's in that tea? <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't tea, this is beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's um it's definitely I would say you know, back to the question about my career, I, I think there's so much space in storytelling to unpack and to explore and it's so exciting. Um I feel that there I, you can just go anywhere with this and I and I have I have yet to uncover so many things and definitely don't consider myself an expert, but someone who's very curious and continues to explore, you know, the space um, and learn more. I mean, I'm, I continue to learn every every day. So, yeah, and something that kind of really interesting from what you said, you just you was yeah. a aspiring jet um, fighter jet fighter. Right? Yeah, yes. that's crazy. Like just that, just another like we have we have like thirty two stories so far, and everyone starts from a different different kind of um, beginning, and that's just something completely different. We start to call you Maverick Miri in a minute. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. You know what's funny is I, I I was actually talking about this because I used for I went to school um you know and I uh for high school I went I, I joined and enrolled in this program JROTC Air Force ROTC and I was actually like I was really good and I did all the drill meets and I became the corps commander I was like I'm on my way to be a jet fighter pilot like this is happening I could read all the instruments I did simulations and everything and wow. so every year every year we would go to Kennedy Space Center because I live in Florida. Kennedy Space Center at NASA to just uh, as a field trip, right? We would just go and like, oh, nerd out, you know what I mean? And uh, and just just actually this past week, I was invited to speak on storytelling and diversity in STEM uh, at NASA. So I was actually I, I directed a panel, I a moderator panel there, and I'm thinking, how incredible is this entire story of me thinking I'm gonna end up at NASA one day? But never as a storyteller, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and here I am. It was insane. It was like that moment, you know. It's really cool. Uh, that's just madness. That is. So, um, <laughs> I just want to touch, obviously, a little bit more on, on your career. Obviously, you was head of the global internship as well. Yeah. So I, I was, I was, I, I was invited because of storytelling. Um, you know, you think you think about storytelling as also as a culture activator. And I think Satya, of of all people, has really modeled this the best way. He has used stories, his own stories. He continues to connect with uh, us, with, with employees, with stories. And so he's modeled this very much. And uh, I was invited to join HR. Never, you know, did I think I would end up in HR? I'm not an HR uh, career person at all. And I was invited to join HR and actually lead the intern program and lead students, um, you know, in using storytelling as a platform for them to actually, you know, to bring diversity, inclusion, culture, and drive that. I, I did that, and it was exciting um, at the global level. I did that for two and a half years. Last year, I I actually I had a diagnosis, a medical diagnosis. So I took a leave, six months. Um, and so coming back, I was like, ah, you know, it's a lot. To, to do uh, both HR and do storytelling. So um, Microsoft being as good as it is, I, I, I was like, when I come back, can I just do the storytelling? They're like, yes, yeah. so I came back to the new role with future work focus. And so um, so I'm not, not leading the program anymore, but I can tell you that I'm really proud the program grew and the program, you know, we enabled a lot of open mic sessions for our students to tell their stories and tell the stories of how they came to Microsoft, how they, what they aspire when they come to Microsoft. And I think that's that's the most important part is when people feel part of the story, that you and I feel part of the story. And that's that's that brings the loyalty to the brand, to Microsoft. So, so what would you say has been like the most difficult thing for you? I mean, 
like since you've got the job, since you've been embedded there, what's like the most difficult thing in your career so far, would you say? Yeah, so I would say learning the mechanics when the technology changes, the channel changes, the customer changes so so rapidly. So it's almost like when you're almost there, you're like, okay, I got it. It's like it all changes, and then you have to do it again. And it's this idea of you having to learn that you the the system, you know, it, and that's why I think design thinking works for me specifically, and I teach it because it's this idea that you're always prototyping, you always have to pivot, and and it's never all fully baked. You never have this one. Thing that's like the magic pill or the, or the silver bullet when it comes to storytelling. And I think that's true in every position. I think all of us are always having to navigate change and especially now. Um, but when it comes to our customers, our customers are, I, you know, they're demanding, right? They're very demanding. So to be able to deliver something that is significant, I personally, uh, I get very passionate about my work. Like I, it matters to me a lot. And so- so, so, so. <laughs> so I may cry a little if somebody doesn't like it. I'm just kidding. It's not that crazy. But, uh, you know, I just I don't want to take it personal, but I do because I, I really put a lot of myself in it. And so being able to detach myself, it's 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 been, it's hard sometimes. I have to admit. So, so being passionate about your job is, you know, is outside for me and John, we're passionate about technical roles and technical jobs and stuff like we do. And, completely understand from that. I mean, yeah. I know that when I throw myself into something, I go head first and that's whether it's in my actual job or yeah. doing football team that I run, I literally just immerse myself in what I'm doing. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's, there's a magic there. I mean, there's this balance of like not being too attached, but then not if you're too detached, then you're not really feeling it, right? John, what were you going to say? I was literally going to say exactly the same as what Andrew said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a little bit of genius and obsession. I mean, I think if you if you really love what you do, you you just can't help it, but really just get immersed in the experience and love it. And and you know, I've learned to uh, I I've, I've learned that I of course all the content is not going to land. Not not everything's going to be success. But if I can walk out of the project and go man, I gave it my all, I did my best. Then I walk out with a sense of, of um, you know, pride that I did, that I did what I could and I did my best. And I think that's that's the most important part for me, so. And would you recommend, I think you said, for, for, for me and John, obviously we go out to customers and obviously do presentations or Would you recommend that we basically go and learn how to, how to do storytelling to obviously enable our presentations to be better and more impacts on the audience? Yeah, so you know, I I have I get this question actually a lot. People ask, hey, what's what how can how can we really deliver something that is impactful? And I always go back to just the audience. You have to define your audience and understand what motivates them first. And it it's simple. It's it's you know, it's it's I'm not saying anything that nobody knows here in the room and is not listening to. It's back to the basics of taking time to assess who your audience is as much as you can and delineate that who are they as a character in your story? How are you bringing them in so they can feel part of that story? If you think about stories that you love that that you know are consequential to you are stories that you have watched you've heard or you've read stories that you feel something because you feel the character somewhere you you attach yourself to the character and so our job is to really do that when we deliver that content or that presentation or when we talk to our customers it's about making them feel part of that it's not us delivering something in a solution always like here's Microsoft here's a solution because we're great 
but it's more about bringing them into the space and saying, where are you in our story? It's really your story. We are enabling you. I call that the Robin to the Batman effect. They're the heroes in the story. We're the enablers. The empower, you know, We empower them to win. If they win, we win. So making them feel that way, uh, just, you know, that, that just solves a lot of how we present the story. And then you can dress it up however you want. So take time to assess your customer where they are in the journey, you know, where they're sitting, how they're feeling, if you know. Even ask them, how are you feeling right now? There's a lot of um, there's a lot of feelings happening, especially in today's world with all the changes that are going on. A lot of human condition to be considered. And so, if we come in as humans, humans doing humans instead of business doing business, then we have a better shot at at delivering something that is compelling that they will listen to. So you have like you have quite a big social media following, ten thousand on Twitter, like probably more on LinkedIn. Um, like how important is like social media to like your 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 job and and your and storytelling in general? Oh my gosh, you know, I, I started the journey almost right after uh, I began at Microsoft at a time when a lot of people at Microsoft did not, right? We didn't even have social media policies because HR did not have to worry because nobody was on social media. It was like me and somebody else. I think it was just like me and Steve Clayton and that's it. And so um, as, as uh, social media became a little bit more, you know, prolific and people began to, you know, kind of, you know, blend their personal and professional lives. Uh, to me, it served me on so many levels to give me a voice and a platform that I feel I, I, I know I wouldn't have had I not started that process outside of Microsoft. What that did for me is it removed the stigma of like, okay, I'm doing work. And so my job, my, my boss and my skip level might recognize it and I, get, I can get a nice bonus and that's my reward versus no, I'm going to go talk about what I'm doing. I'm going to go connect with people. I'm going to talk about my journey. And get that that uh, that uh, recognition outside of that bubble and make it bigger and and make an impact make it a bigger impact. For me, it was especially powerful because I wanted to target young women in tech, and that is my audience today. I really want to enable them. I want them to feel like they have a friend. Uh, I didn't when I came in. It was lonely. It, you know, it was it was not easy as a woman in tech, as a Latina in tech. So I use the platform to just share my experiences and to say, hey, I'm here. And if you know, if, if you want to write a book, and I, I could write a book, so you can definitely write a book if I wrote a book. You know what I mean? I was like, so um, so just kind of that re representation, enabling young women to say, hey, Miri's there. She looks like me. That's important. And so that has given me so many opportunities. I mean, I've gone to Africa uh, for tours, just on a lot of just on LinkedIn profile. I mean, just I've gotten so many opportunities speaking gigs all over the world just from people checking me on, on LinkedIn and you know I never pitched anything so it has given me a voice uh, outside of Microsoft and I've been able to bring that to Microsoft uh, the learnings and everything so it's really been a beautiful combination of like all the things that we can and the capacity and the the globe you know that we serve it, it's not just one bubble so and you can tell your passion for Microsoft as well. I think if you cut yourself open, you'd, you'd probably play Microsoft. Um. All the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. And, and to me, it's, you know, I, I'm a fan. I am a fan. I would not work for a company that I don't believe in its values that don't align to mine. And I truly, truly love Microsoft for the core values that it has. If they align to mine, I talk about that all the time. Why would I be working for somewhere, somewhere where I don't align to the, you know, to the core values of the brand? So it is important to me, and and it's, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful. We're not married, Microsoft and I. We're 
dating each other. It's a long-term arrangement, I think. It's been a long time. It's gonna be 10 years actually in August. So we're dating, you know, it's a little bit, it's a it's a it's a long-term relationship so far. We like each other. In 10, 10 years is too long. Why do you need to propose? <laughs> you know, it's what it is. <laughs> I have a question for you. So obviously yeah. with um Obviously, we talk a lot about women in tech and obviously mm -hmm. what we can do um, to obviously to enable more women in tech. From obviously your perspective and your, you know, your you know, geographical location, what is being done to obviously help get more younger women into tech? I love that question. Thank you, Andrew. Um, I think what's being done more now, which had not been done before, is that people are asking the question like you are. Uh, thank you for that, because that enables the conversations. Uh, you know, I may get a lot of opportunity, but it may not look like that for other people. And that's important to recognize. It's our intersectionality, right? So uh, a woman in tech is one thing, and then a Latina woman in tech is another. A Latina woman, mother in tech is another. So there's like so many layers to who I am, and I'm not just a woman in tech and so with that perspective um talking about what that looks like and, and enabling platforms and what does allyship look like is important so i've been asked that before people are like hey miri how can i be a better ally and i'm like okay what do you got what platform do you got how can you give it to me you know and i have people have been like hey i have this great stage that i speak at i'm like give me the stage and they have Right. And so that works for me because I'm a speaker. So that might, that, that might look different for somebody else and another woman who needs something different or has had other privileges. Right. So a woman in tech could be a white woman who's had different privileges than I have had because I'm Latina. So considering how broad the, the, the intersectionality levels are and considering how little we're doing in this space, I think the conversations we're having are so important in our enabling that awareness, which I think make us better just to understand what that looks like for me may look completely different and it will look completely different for a black woman in, in, in tech and a white woman in tech and an Asian woman in tech and all the different layers that we represent. Uh, so the conversations for me, what is being done in my space is people are asking me, how can I be a better ally? And I love that. I love that people are asking the question. I also recognize I have privilege. I mean, just working at Microsoft, being in the United States, I have privilege. And so how do I enable another woman in tech, especially young women in tech who are starting their careers? And so knowing that, uh, you know, not victimizing myself in this place, placing myself in a place of um, courage and saying, hey, we're paving the way for other women to come along and our daughters and our daughters' daughters, making it easier. Uh, and I think that conversation is it's important to continue to have and not it will not die down until we really reach a, a, a place of equality. So obviously me and John, obviously I've spoken at a conference. Um, we had Donna Sarkar on our panel when we did a whole women in tech uh, conversation. I love and that. Literally, and literally the people in the room, I mean, obviously there was obviously a male and female in the room and everyone was getting involved in the conversation because, you know, it, it is such an important thing. Um, it it would have been nice to have more people in the room for that particular session, but mm. You know, the people that were involved in the room have gone away and actually doing more to support women in tech, um, whether they're male or female. So, you know, I mean, just listen to obviously when Donna speaks, she's definitely a person when she speaks, you, you listen yeah. to because you listen, she, she sure. knows what she's talking about, she and owns the her room. ideas. Love and obviously, the thing that she's always using now, like voluntold, you know, you know, volunteering, you've been voluntold <laughs> no. to do something. She voluntolds everybody. <laughs> I love her. She's my sister. She's great. But I, I think to your point, Andrew, thank you. I think I feeling heard is so important. And so the fact that we're having conversation, that just makes me feel like, wow, we are 
that's that's a big step. That's a big step in this inclusion, you know, and in this inclusion uh, idea that we're that we're bringing that we're talking about. And it just not just for women in tech, for all the minorities represented. So I'm glad we're having the conversations. And have you ever felt that he wasn't being listened to while being at Microsoft? Have I felt sorry? Um, like he wasn't being listened to while being at Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's obviously there's times, you know, there's pockets, there's pockets of of uh, uh, you know of there's there's pockets of how do I say this the best way? There's pockets of people that still are driving a different agenda that is not inclusion. There's pockets of racism that still exist. And 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 those are there. And we can't, you know, we can't say they're not. Um, and so I have come in contact with those people and I have unfortunately experienced discrimination. I have experienced uh, being silenced. I have experienced, um, you know, being ridiculed or being making me feel like I don't belong uh, at the table. Um, and you know, it's been those situations where you have to understand that people that you that at Microsoft that have done that, they don't represent what Microsoft is about. And I have to say, I'm really glad to also know and learn that through the situations later on, I learned that, you know, they just don't belong and they know it because the, the, the you know, when they when they act in this way, they know that they're going against the core values of a company and the things that we represent as a company. So it does come out eventually, I think. Um, it's definitely painful, you know, when you experience these things, it makes you question. Um, but I have learned that, again, I'm not, we haven't arrived as women, uh, as minorities. And so we're just paving the way and it's not easy. I, I usually talk about the girls and, I, you know, my women in tech and I tell them that we're, we're the Rosa Parks of the digital age. You know, we're just, we're just paving the way right now. We, we, we can't expect it all to be uh, clean and you know we're just getting started in this in this uh, process in this journey. So um, being patient with it and recognizing that at least at the at the platform level, Microsoft is having the conversations and enabling um, you know people to talk about it when it's when it's wrong when these things are happening. Yeah, I think people like yourself and um, who are obviously key like stakeholders within the, um, the technology technology industry who can go up on stage and speak about their experiences and stuff like that is it's really important. You can see like in the last year, two years, the amount of like new MVPs, the mm -hmm. female MVPs there are, how many more of, um, females there are in, in the community in, in general. And like you could just like more as, as more and more females from different backgrounds and stuff mm -hmm. uh, join the community and, and are, are in these big speaking roles and, and the figureheads and, and right. you know, I, idols to, 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 to some people like it's, I think that's where the conversations uh, get really exciting and it's just conversations that we we keep on trying to have through every single episode. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad that you're doing that. It's so important. And again, it's just, it's having the conversations is the beginning and, and there's so much more to be done, but having the conversations enables awareness. And I think that's, that's where it needs, you know, we need to have those conversations. We need to be aware of what's happening, how we're feeling, how we're all feeling, because this affects all of us. It affects all of us. And so how do we, how, how do we navigate uh, something that is so, so emotionally and socially charged all the time? And, you know, where is it going? And I think some, some ignorant people could kind of look at it and go, what would it, how does this, how does a storyteller at Microsoft? How did I? Why would? How did I get kind of discriminated? Why would? Why would she get discriminated? And obviously, it happens. Like oh yeah, people just don't want to, don't like, don't want to kind of face the truth that is out there. 
Yeah, and, and, and that's that's interesting. I'll even say, you know, it's not easy today being being a, a white a white man in you know in the U.S. And so there's so there's so many different there's so there's so much impact to this idea around racism and what's happening and 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 you know the systems that exist and the systemic racism versus what's happening. And so there's so many so many layers. And I think it, it you know I believe. <laughs> It, listening to each other enables us to find our humanity in this entire place and without you know to removing our own biases and having discourse is important and i think that's also part of like i i hate when there's censorship and when when we when we have this cancel culture of like you know we we can't speak our truths um we we got to listen more to each other i think that's that's important so i appreciate the platform that you're creating and the, the conversation I would I would add something to that. I think listening with intent is important. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Listening to learn, listening to understand, yeah. not just listening. You're right. There's an intention that needs to be had to to want to learn, to create that awareness for sure. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just think like you can always uh, you see all the time people just listen and they just go. Whoosh. I know, I know. Yeah. It's true. It's true. No, you have to want to learn and you have to get curious. Uh, you know, I have I have a very diverse family. For example, I have blacks in my family and, and you know, I have I have white people in my family. So there's there's so many like there's a rainbow of people and and listening to everyone was sitting literally sitting at a table and listening to people's experiences, navigating all of these social injustices that we're seeing and that we're living through and that we that humanity has lived through for ages. Um, it, it's it's so incredible. I never cease to learn uh, to understand how it impacts all of us at so many different levels, right? So deep, deep levels. Uh, and, and so we will never know. We will never know that the impact to each of us individually, collectively, uh, we have the opportunity to to teach and, and be better. This generation needs to get better so that we can leave it better for the next generation. So uh, it's it's a it's a responsibility I think that we need to take um, in this in this generation for us to you know to move forward to do better. Obviously, because you're quite you know um, present in social media and all that kind of stuff. Have you ever come across times where there's been inappropriate comments towards you, oh. background, and that kind of stuff? All the time, all the time. I am surprised that in today's age, people, both men and women, both men and women will take, you know, that platform and they will blatantly disrespect at levels that I just cannot understand how someone would do this. I used to get um, bothered by it. I used to just sit and go, wow, depending on the kind of, you know, comments that were made. Um, I learned that the block and the delete button are my best friends on social media. So <laughs> I honestly, I, I use them without any, you know, I, I created rules of engagement. Uh, you know, I am married and I, I speak about that as well. I do not share my family on social media. We are very private that way, and they don't. They prefer that we don't. I don't post a lot about that, but I do say I'm a mom. I'm a wife, um, and that doesn't stop anybody. I <laughs> just people are just disrespectful. But um, I have rules of engagement. So if you, you know, one of them is as simple as if you hate me and you don't know me, hey Miri, who are you? Like, don't start with hey. You don't, you know, hey's for horses. You don't know who I am yet. So I think there's that. There's this balance that we need to have in that I'm very friendly. I do show up and I want to be open to people. Of course I do. And I, I want to connect with people. That's what social media is for. But definitely, you know, I've learned to read intent. And of course, there's some 
blatant disrespect. And so delete and block, I don't even engage. Sometimes I engage just to teach people lessons, especially women that are watching, because sometimes we don't say things and then it stays in the background. So I, I blast people out sometimes. I'm like, oh, you wanna you wanna be sassy? Okay, I'm gonna blast you on social media and explain to everybody who you are. You know, let's just all talk about it now. And so it depends now, I'm just not afraid. I, I think it's important and that's part of the conversation we're having. It's it's so many things happen in the background for to so many people and they go unnoticed and we don't talk about it and we don't expose it. And I think it's important to expose these kind of things. Yeah, fully agree. I mean. There was a, an occasion recently with my partner. Um, mm -hmm. We went to the post office to okay. send some stuff back to the um, to, to the sender because it was, it was basically underwear that didn't fit. And okay. the the bloke behind the, t the till actually turned around and goes, "I hope it's clean." And my face, my mouth just dropped. Just like, what? What, what do you what do you say that to is that? Crazy. What does that even mean? I know exactly. I mean, obviously, people do send. I mean. Uh, wow. Fetishes, but yeah, th this was just like I was like, wow, I've, I've never wow. ever seen it in person, and I was just like, wow. I mean, I literally left, I left like, the post office and I can't believe he said that. And literally, yeah. I, I went back the following day and went, you know, can't speak to the manager because what you yes. said to my partner was just massively, you know, inappropriate. Yes. Yeah, no, no, it happens. Like, all kinds of crazies. You know, the, I think the ones that I've enjoyed the most is um, I've gotten this twice, not once, just not not once, twice. I've gotten people offering to be my uh, my uh, baby daddy, my sugar sugar was it sugar daddy, not baby daddy, sugar daddy, not baby daddy, sugar daddy. Um, and you know, I I'm not offended at the fact that they think that they could be my sugar daddy. I'm offended at the offer. You know, they'd be like five hundred dollars a week. I'm like, do you know? I'm not going to pay for you to be my sugar daddy. If you're going to offer me this job, like, you got to come up with a real good offer here. This is not going to do it. They're not cutting, you're not cutting the deal. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm really offended at the at the offer. Of, you really think I'm going to survive on $500 a week? What planet are you on? <laughs> uh, that's funny. So that, that I do laugh a little I'm like, listen. <laughs> I'm like, really? That's how much you think I'm worth? That sucks. <laughs> So what's, a, what's a, a typical day in life of Miri then outside of Microsoft? Obviously, we've learned obviously about your role as a storyteller, but what do you do yeah. outside of Microsoft? Yeah, you know, my days are different every single day. And I think that's what I love about what I do. It's because I can't, every day is different. And I feel like, you know, when I did, whatever I did last week was like a month ago. So much, so, so much stuff happens day to day that I, it's so fluid and I love it. Um, my days, it's a, it's a, I'm doing so many things. So, I'm doing a lot of workshops lately because I think people are really interested in learning more about them owning their skill set as storytellers. So I do, excuse me, I do a, a lot of that with capacity building and I love it. I just actually did one for a uh, sales team and each audience is so different because, you know, their motivation for learning storytelling is so different, right? And like sellers, for example, versus engineers. Um, so I do a, a few workshops, uh, almost like three or two, three or four times a week. Um, I do stories, so I'm actually working on stories. Um, right now I'm working on a couple of stories uh, on videos where we're actually um, inventing, so we get to ideate some, some cool story where we found out that uh, one of, the, uh, I'm giving it, I'm giving it away to you guys before it comes out. So <laughs> look at you. You heard it here first, folks. Um, so where there's this, there's this customer who actually did a review of one of our like power apps or something. 
um, on YouTube and it got a lot of traction. I think it was an app. Uh, I want to say it's an app or it's got a, it's an Azure service or an app. Anyway, so this got like a whole lot of things happening on the YouTube. And so now we're getting our engineers to review the review, you know, so it's like they're going to get together like, oh, so we're going to be watching the, the YouTube the YouTube uh, um, review and then talk about it and see what the customer was saying. So we're just trying to ideate, um, you know, different ways to get people to see our engineers on the back end and expose them and say, you know, how human they are, how they look at their products and how they think about the products. And, and so ideation of that is happening. Uh, so that's that's part of my day is really thinking about new ways to tell stories so we don't you know we don't repeat and rinse and repeat um i do a lot of writing as well so i write i'm a writer um and i do writing outside of microsoft and inside of microsoft so inside of microsoft obviously our stories and our blogs i do some ghost blogging for our executives as well and i enjoy that um, but the writing I do outside of Microsoft is more personal. I do a lot of media writing as well. Um, I have an NLC, a company where I uh, consult with brands about their storytelling. So I do some some writing in that space and I do social media. So I push our content out through my company and different places. So I actually think about social media strategy for our content. So a typical there will be a mix of all of that. And each, each day will look different because it depends on the stories we're telling, the social media strategies that are going on. Uh, so it all looks different. Every Single day and in between i try to do my yoga um take a nap if i can <laughs> if i'm not yes, <laughs> um and eat some good food my my husband's a chef so he cooks delicious and so i try to eat all the food i can <laughs> so with the whole obviously career and obviously the things you've experienced um you know what is the future for miri what 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 your big plans for the future so i have to tell you and I, again you hit her you heard it here first i actually i haven't i announced it yesterday on instagram i want to i haven't announced it to everyone else yet i just purchased a brand um it's a um i purchased this in september and i'm actually it, I'm, I'm i'm opening it next monday um there it's a it's a e-commerce business that started in the UK it was very successful there. Uh, it's a wellness and a yoga um, mindfulness shop with organic accessories and organic clothing. It's all handcrafted, socially uh, sustainable and uh, organic. And um, I, I think I want to focus a little bit on that as I, you know, as I work on my storytelling in Microsoft, I work on my storytelling outside Microsoft. This idea came about while I was um, recovering from my breast cancer journey. I was bored out of my mind because I wasn't working. I'm like, what am I going to do? I was, I had read all my books. I'm like, what am I doing? So I decided to purchase a business. You know, that's what you do. What you do while you were recovering me? I bought a, I bought a business, you know what I mean? Clutch a business That's what you do. Um, so I am really, really excited to put a little bit more time on that and see where it goes. Um, what I'm really excited about is that I'm leveraging partners, friends that are na navigated with me through the journey. These are life coaches, uh, trauma coaches, uh, and really talking about wellness as a thing. All of us, what it means to feel well, to be well, to be happy, be fulfilled. And to me, that came about because I was like, my gosh, how, you know, where do you go at Microsoft after this? Like senior storyteller, what's next? You know, that's the same question. Like, where do you go from there? So many places and it's not one, one thing. It's not two things. It could be 10 things. And so enabling our capacity to think of, think broader, think big. Donna says we're and people. I'm sure she's, you've heard that from her before. We are this and that and that. So not closing my ideas and my options for the future, but really opening more. And I think 
this opportunity of my brand is going to enable more conversations uh, with people, more networks. I'm building, it's really community building, a wellness community building of how we can all feel better um, and, and be better and be kinder to one another and, and have, have conversations with one another, feel good, you know? And so um, I'm really excited and I'm, I'm really proud that, you know, we were able to do this and uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm not in it for the money, but it would be nice if I make money enough that I could just be like, <laughs> bye Microsoft. I'm not going to marry you. I married somebody. I married myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> There you go, John. We need to try and uh, force Microsoft to make it an actual shop. Since you've got Donna doing dresses, um, Iona doing shoes, they've got some wellness Listen. stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> One-stop shop for everything you ever need in life. Exactly. <laughs> I guess the, the big ignites, um, hopefully this year, maybe next year, with your own shops in the corner. Listen, if you see, if you go to the company store and maybe see something really cool, it might be mine, you know, maybe I just become a vendor, who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're getting quite close to um, our running time, so um, to off, you like, wrap it up, so obviously you spoke a little bit about the future. I mean, yeah. Going from obviously today, what, what kind of recommendations would you make for people who want to get into IT and, you know, can people reach out to you if they want to be mentored, have a bit of understanding about the whole storytelling aspect? Yeah, you know, I so the first thing is exactly what I was talking about earlier is don't box yourself into a space and a place and thinking, man, I've been doing this one thing for 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, and now I have to stick to that. You don't. You want to come to IT, There are, it's an entire world, right? It's a it's an entire world of things that you can do within the IT industry. So there's education, there's healthcare, there's, there's everything. There's legal, uh, there's finance. So uh, you can definitely transfer your skills into the industry. That's the first thing. So don't think it just boxes you in if you're not... Um, if you're not techie per se, you become techie. Uh, I had definitely, you know, I'm not an engineer, but I, to be able to tell the stories that I tell, I have to learn the product, I have to speak the language. And so you learn it, it's a it's learned skill set. Um, so don't be afraid to try it out and, and, you know, and connect with people in the industry and ask the questions. To become a storyteller, it depends on what kind of storytelling you're doing. But again, like any other skill set, I think all of us are talking about enhancing that skill set, becoming one. Uh, we, we all have this innate ability to tell stories. We just have to learn how to do it in, this, in the business space to connect with one another. And so it's something that we offer at Microsoft. We, at Microsoft, we offer resources. We offer training. Uh, you can definitely, you know, Bing, Google, how to become a storyteller. There's so many, so many, today there's many resources on this space about becoming a, a storyteller. And if you Google or if you Bing our storyteller at Microsoft, you can get a whole lot of jobs. You're going to get a lot of jobs that people are hiring for storytellers in different verticals. So see what's there, see what qualifications each has, and, and you're going to be surprised at how many skill sets, because it's a relatively new space, uh, you can transfer into this into this. Um, into this uh, role. So again, it's a role that's being crafted as you go. I think no storyteller is the same. We all bring different skill sets and different backgrounds, and that's the beauty of it. So try it out. I mean, definitely when I when I applied, I had no idea I was going to get the job. I was like, oh, I got the job. That's crazy. You know, I was like, okay. So I think you might surprise yourself. It's really putting yourself out there and and learning about how your how how your trend your skills can transfer into a new role, a new industry. 
just try it out. Try try it out and talk to people like us. Find us, you know, find find you, John and Andrew and me, and just connect with us. Uh, we're out there. We're having conversations like these, and 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 you know, and be courageous enough to say, hey, I want to try this out. I want to pivot my career. I want to try something new. I, I think uh, this opportunity. I think COVID, uh, a global pandemic of the sort that we just experienced and are continue to experience, it has waken up us up as humans and said. What am I doing? You know, why am I doing it? And this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And if the answer is no, you don't have, you know, I always say, just it's not my saying, but I, I love, I love to say, if you don't like where you are, move. You're not a tree, you know. So move. Cool. So yeah, I think we're at the the end of the episode now. So it's been an absolute pleasure to have you, Miri. Um, fantastic guest and another an amazing story um, for, for for us. And, and and the people listening so yeah um, really good to have you thank you so much and i know it's late your time so i appreciate the energy you drove in here we tried uh, to bring the energy we tried. <laughs> you did you did well you stayed up i kept you listen if i kept you up then my audience will be fine i think those were good <laughs> thank you thank you for having me great conversations thank you so much awesome take care andrew i'll see you on the next episode yes cheers see you later Thank you for listening to the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. Please make sure you hit that like, share and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight and we're also on LinkedIn, the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about BitTitan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remote migrations start here. Let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure and 100% SaaS which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.